Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chronic Home Podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping families suffering from addiction and parenting the addicted child. Today's topic is episode number six, Living in a House of Addiction. If you are someone out there who is suffering from addiction or has a child or a loved one who is, and you want to hear from today's guest and our main presenter, who is Kevin Peterson, who is the author of Chronic Hope, Parenting the Addicted Child, who literally wrote the book on <laughs> the family unit and helping families get support when you can't seem to work through what's going on with their addicted child. Uh, so Kevin, welcome to the broadcast today. Hey, Danny. Thanks. Good to see you, man. So I know today's topic is near and dear to your heart, and you said we have got to talk about this because not only is it something that you see every day, but this is something that you dealt with uh, from a very personal level. So why don't you talk a little bit about your history of living in a house of addiction and why you wrote the book on parenting the addicted child? Okay, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, I grew up in uh, Palo Alto, California, and uh my mom was a prescription drug addict and and you know it, it even feels uncomfortable saying that like i'm you know being disloyal to the tribe or you know outing the big secret um but the truth is the truth and and that's that was just what was going on and um you know my dad was very codependent and my sister and i were just trying to figure out what the heck was going on and so for me you know i grew up in a house of addiction uh, where the addict really ruled the roost one way or another, directly or indirectly. And then right around 12, 13, 14, uh, I started using drugs and alcohol and I became an addict. Uh, and then I got sober when I was 27. Uh, my family confronted me and I got sober. Uh, and then I became a mental health professional. Uh, I went back to school in 2008 uh, and got my marriage and family therapy master's at Regis University and got licensed in 2017. Um, and now I'm licensed in Florida. That was Colorado. Now I'm licensed in Florida, but, uh, it was across the board. You know, my, my personal experience is what has pushed me through this entire process of, you know, growing up in a house of addiction, seeing how the addiction ran the family and ran the show. And, uh, then, you know, it becoming my issue as well. My per, you know, not just the codependency, but the addiction, and then getting sober and then getting into recovery and healing and the challenge of healing the entire family. And I love how you said you feel like you're outing the family and, and often there's a lot of shame and, and guilt and there's a lot of negative feelings around what's happening in your personal household. It feels a little embarrassing, but that's part of the brokenness that addiction leaves in its wakes. Uh, not only is the person, like you said, who's abusing drugs, drastically effective, affected, but every member under the family has some stuff going on. And today we're going to talk about different perspectives. So you felt so powerful about this that you wrote a blog. If you're interested in reading Kevin's blog on this, you can visit the website at the bottom, Peterson Family Counseling, and click the blog section to read the whole blog. But we're going to highlight some things about your blog today. And first, let's talk about a general addiction that's happening in the family. And we're going to use the dad being addicted and the mom not, but these can these can kind of just go hand in hand, right? Oh yeah, I mean, I when when I wrote this, uh, you know, I wrote this a couple months ago after two months of being in sort of the shelter in place uh, here in Florida, and 
I just, I woke up one morning and I just felt traumatized and anxious and tense and unsafe. And I, I didn't know what the heck was going on. And then all of a sudden it hit me. This is exactly what it was like growing up in my house as a child. You know, I mean, literally just 100% the same thing. And, and I ended up sharing that with Dr. Michael Barnes at the foundry, that, that thought process. And I wrote him, a, I wrote him an email, which was how this whole thing started. And he, uh, he responded back. He said, you know, you really need to write this down. And, and the thing that uh, Michael added to it was, he's like, you know, I'm about 10 years older than you are. And, and right now he goes, here's what's happening for me. I grew up in a, in a house of addiction as well, but it was in the sixties and the early seventies when we were in the war in Vietnam and the country was polarized and there were riots and protests and huge issues. And every night on TV, they had a body count. And he's like, this is the first time since then that we've done body counts every night on TV. True. And it's, it's just traumatizing and terrifying. So yeah, that's where, that's how it all started. And this is your, you're right. The times and the climate that we're in a, a typical house of addiction that, that was functioning at what they would consider a normal, a normal level is now also in, in uncomfortable levels because of all the trauma that's being stacked on top. So if you're being adversely affected or you know, someone that's being adversely affected, there is help. And we're not just going to talk about the problem today. Stick around because we're going to offer some real solutions for you to kind of work your way out of this. But Kev, yeah. let's talk about this from the dad's perspective. So the dad is, is actively using drugs or substances and let's go over some popular things that the dad is thinking or saying to his family. Can you talk about these? Yeah, sure. So, you know, I mean, and not to be gender specific, it can be dad, it could be mom and whatever. You know, I don't care if there's two dads, two moms, whatever the situation is. Um, what we're talking about is, you know, having a house where, where there's the parents are just at war and uh, the, you know, the, the, the dad who we're going to call the addict says traditionally will say things to the family like, you know, you're all lucky that I'm such a great provider. Uh, my drinking isn't a problem or drug use isn't a problem. I have the right to relax in any way I want to. I work hard and I have the right to say what I think. It's my way or the highway. If you don't like it, then leave and, you know, live somewhere else. Um, how dare you question me or challenge me? One of my all time favorites. Uh, I can't believe that you're related to me. Uh, and don't you dare talk about this outside the family. Because like you said, there's that big secrecy thing. There's that big hush-hush secret. Uh, and, and the big irony of that, Danny, is that it's going on in the house next door. You know, everybody's fighting this battle one way or another. So that's generally what you see from dad and what's going on with dad. and and the, Or the addict. Let's just say the addict. The that's addict. the... Yeah, the addict parent who's like, I'm the boss. I call the shots. This is how it is. You don't like it. Beat it, you know. And, and typically in this relationship, there's always someone who's trying to keep the peace uh, with the addict, you know. And let's talk about from a mom's perspective, kind of what a mom's seeing. So can you talk about this? Yeah, sure. So, you know, the mom who is probably dealing with her own trauma and her own crisis and her own anxiety and trying to figure out how the heck she can, you know, preserve, protect herself, protect her children, protect her marriage is yeah. going to come up with things like, you know, your father really does love you. He just doesn't know how to show it. And so she's going to say these things to the kids 
these are cover stories. These are excuses why it's okay for dad's behavior to happen. You know, he is under a lot of stress at work. And sometimes we have to ignore the things we don't like. That's another big piece. We really are lucky to have all the things that your father provides for us. And there are people out there that are a lot less fortunate. And let me tell you something, that's the house I grew up in. You know, I, I was constantly being pushed back to, hey, you know, you're lucky to live in Palo Alto. You're lucky to have the advantages that you have in life. You know, just suck it up and, and you know, just keep your mouth shut is really one of the, that one of the big lessons was just shut up and keep, you know, keep it to yourself. Um, right. You know, uh, you have to take the good with the bad. You know, when he hits me, he really doesn't mean to. That's always a scary one. But let's be honest. We got to start talking about what's really going on. You know, I know that sometimes your father, you know, strays out of our marriage, but he always comes back to me because he loves me. Um, so now we're addressing infidelity and physical abuse, um, which are huge, you know, components of this environment. You know, we, right. and they're not always there, but, but we have, the thing is, if we're going to open the door and start talking about this stuff, we got to start talking about this stuff. You know, we got to put the cards on the table. You know? And I think, Kev, the point, too, of even highlighting all this is that we're, we're coming up to the kids here in a hot second. And you're going to have statements like, we don't know where this came from. We don't know how this happened. And this is what we're really getting at today is that the addiction in the family is what is ultimately creating that addiction in, in your, your addicted child. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Is that that this is. Yeah. We're, what we're going to talk about is. You know, we're setting up the stage right here. This is the foundation of what's going on in the house. And mm -hmm. we're going to talk about how people react to that, you mm -hmm. know, and how they're going to mirror what they're seeing, you mm -hmm. know. And, 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 you know, one of my favorite statements of the families I work with is, well, you know, my kids haven't seen this. They really don't know what's going on. And I'm like, I want to let you know that your kid knows exactly what's going on. I don't care if they're six months or 26. They know exactly what's going on in that house. Yes, they do. Know? No doubt about yeah, it. Your kids will surprise you in moments where they say things and you didn't know they were listening. Well, that happens all the time. Just sometimes they verbalize it and then you're surprised. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, but then again, now we're talking about, you know, this is the denial process, the cover stories, you know. Well, you know, we're going to stay together for the kids' sake. Well, we're going to, this is, this is what's best for the children. They don't know. We just want to keep projecting the image of everything being okay. And, and, you know, the truth is that's just, that's living a lie and, and you're setting the example and it's, it's incredibly disruptive to their emotional development. So. Makes yeah. total sense. So ultimately, you know, the dad's dealing with it. The mom's doing their best to kind of handle this. And from what I understand, you put kids in sort of five different categories. We call them the fighter, the flight, the freeze, the flirt, and the caretaker. And can you just quickly kind of touch Sure. On all these and, and, and what they show up as? Yeah, these are very common reactions for people that are grow up in a house of addiction. Um, and, you know, well, let's start with the fighter, you know, and, and, and the fighter is the guy that's just like, you know, you know, screw this. Uh, you know, I'm going to take him again. I'm going to take him out. I'm going to I'm going to kick his butt. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. step in between mom and dad. I'm the one who's going to take care of this. I'm going to you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight for our you know, take care of everybody, and there's no way. And they're gonna carry that out at school. They're gonna be fighting at school. They're gonna be fighting in public, fighting in work. And you know, there it's very it's a very angry, 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 belligerent kid, um, which is all fear based. Let's be let's be clear. Mm -hmm. Anger, you know, it's fear. I'm afraid I'm not gonna get what I want, so I get angry. And when I get angry, I like to share. 
and everybody around me gets to feel my anger either you know physically or emotionally and and so that's the fighter and the, and the fighter is just gonna he's like this is wrong and i'm i'm handling it i'm taking care of business you know that's the first guy uh, a lot of times that's the oldest a lot of time that's the oldest because they feel they need to protect the family. And, you know, I want to pause real quick and just say if you're somebody who has gotten through this or is on the other side of this, it's very difficult if this is your current situation to step up and say, yes, I feel this. But if you're somebody that's on the other side of the fence like Kevin and you've worked your way through it and you've done the steps, you know, talk about a little bit in the comments of, of who you were and, and what you found that that created in your life. And what you'll find is it's surprising is that you'll be able to help other people either now or a year from now, whenever they watch this content to kind of hear the, the, the good stories of the people that have worked their way through this and the positives. Right. Um, so, so please, if you have time, please do put it in the comments below. Um, but let's talk about the flight. What is the, what does the flight do in kids? The flight runs. The flight yeah, is just sense. like, I'm out of here. And, and I would tell you that. So, so how that looked for me is that, you know, as a kid, I mean, I was the, it was only two of us and I was the oldest. So I, by the way, you can adopt, everyone can adopt multiple roles. It doesn't just have to be one, you know, one role per person. Um, right. So I would fight and argue and throw it to fit and be like, this is wrong and nobody's paying attention and what the hell, what's going on here. But then flight, I would get to a point where I was like, screw this, I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. And I would go stay at friends' houses or I would go to dinner at my friends' houses or I would, you know, start dating a girl and, you know, almost live at her house, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so I was doing everything I could to get the hell out. I mean, I got to a point in high school where, you know, I go to school full time, then I would go to swim practice or water polo practice, and then I would go to work, you know, and I would, I wouldn't, I'd be gone by seven or eight or nine o'clock in the morning and I wouldn't get back till 10 or 11 or 12 o'clock at night. And that's the way I wanted it. You know, I just wanted to get the hell out of that house and not engage. And, and by the way, you know, what I was also doing by having a job was making money so I didn't have to rely on them or ask them for help financially because I knew that would create more fight, you know, and, and, and more engagement. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to feed myself. I'm going to get a job. And I'm going to get the hell out of here. You know, yeah. that, that's yeah. the flight. Awesome. So talk about uh, the freeze. What does the freeze do? We know the freeze probably freezes, but what's yeah. the freeze going through? So, so I want you to picture the old, you know, sort of the old stereotypical cartoon of the ostrich, you know, with their head in the sand, right? And, you know, I don't see what's going on here. I don't know what you're talking about. Everything's great. Uh, you, know, I, you know, that's no big deal. That's nothing that they, you know, it's, this isn't happening. You know, it's really that person that's just almost doing the, you know, I, I don't hear it. You know, I don't see it. I'm not going to speak it. And they're hiding out in their room. You know, when 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 dad comes home and, you know, the the battle starts, you know, they're the ones that immediately disappear and disengage and hide out. And, and you know, that's just safe for them. And and they're terrified. They're absolutely terrified because they just don't know what to do. Generally, it's someone who's not big enough to stand up for themselves physically, you know, and feels overpowered by what's happening. You know, the fight person is generally going to be bigger and stronger and go after it. The flight person has got access to get the hell out of the house. Now we're talking about the littler kids generally, uh, not always, but generally. And, and so the freeze is going to be the person that just is like hiding in the closet, hiding under the bed, you know, disappearing when the stuff starts to get weird, you know, or here's the other thing. They get sick a lot. You know, I have a stomach ache. I have a headache. I can't go to school. I got to be here. Everybody stay away from me. 
that's that's also kind of part of that contingency that that, that part of that that personality got it uh this is one i'm not i'm not t- totally familiar with the flirt yeah so the flirt it's really funny i uh I, in my in the the blog when i wrote this um you know the flirt is actually a term that i got from a friend of mine who was a dog trainer that said you know we talked about how uh you know there's the fight flight freeze response which we talk about in trauma and she's like, well, and what we see in our world is there's the flirt and the flirt is the, you know, is the kid that's, you know, the joker, you know, it's the, the jester. It's the, I'm going to be cute and funny and I'm going to make everybody laugh. So we, I'm going to break the tension and everybody's thing's going to be okay. And I, I, when I say flirt, I don't really mean like anything romantic or sexual. It's, it's more, you know, I'm going to be cute and funny and sweet and I'm going to make everybody a, 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 how adorable I am and how happy I am. And, you know, it's a, uh, you know, it's like little pu- little puppies and little babies where they get all cutie and s- snuggly and giggly, and that distracts people and it lowers the tension. And and, and that they they adopt that role. My role is to be the funny guy. My role is to be the cutie. My my role is to be you know the comedy guy and the funny guy and the and and, and you know that is definitely a distinct role in the family system. Do whatever I can to take the attention off of what is happening. I may have done something or said something in the past that stopped the the flow of what was going to happen. Therefore, that's my thing. That's what I do now, right? Absolutely. I and I just fun. just want to break the tension. And I, I mean, I just want everybody to get along. You know, get it. All right, and talk about the caretaker. So the caretaker, I'm assuming, does take care of the family or tries to, you know, lick the wounds, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, the caretaker ends up generally becoming um, a, a nurse, a teacher, or a therapist, just so we're clear, <laughs> you know. Um, the caretaker is the one that is, uh, you know, gonna, gonna hover over the other kids. It's gonna hover over mom, gonna hover over dad. It's the one that goes and fetches dad at the bar when he's drunk and brings him home. It's the one that protects mom or, you know, makes sure mom's okay. It's the one that, you know, gathers up the kids and make sure the kids are okay. Or when, when, the, when, the, when the crap hits the fan and things get really ugly, it's the one that goes out. And, you know, the, so the, the kids that are freezing and hiding and, and, are, and are scared, it's the one, it's, this is the kid that goes out and finds those kids and gathers them up and maybe runs over to the neighbor's house or, you know, turns on the TV or puts on the headphones, you know, or, you know, turns on the music real loud. We're going to have a dance party, you know, and, and, and so we can't hear what's going on in the other side of the house. Um, and wow. that is, that is such, I love, I love that explanation. Uh, it's such a dominant personality. And I mean, and we see it so often. And we see that oftentimes depicted in Hollywood movies, right? Oh, yeah. uh, the one thing I don't love about Hollywood is they don't do a great job at depicting what, what real addiction looks like, but they do do a good job at really highlighting the caretaker in any addiction environment, right? Oh God, do they ever? There's, I mean, if you take a look at some of the classics, like you know, the Prince of Tides uh, or the Great Santini, both written by Pat Conroy, um, uh, these are these are you'll see these themes just blow out of the screen. You're just like, whoa, okay. I mean, those are just two classics. I mean, let's be clear, this goes on in like every TV show you watch where it's a family and the family dynamic gets dysfunctional. Whether and and you know, it's drugs, alcohol, it can be mental health issues, whatever. But it, you know, this is what happens and these are the categories that people tend to automatically break into. Yeah, and if you're just joining us live, I wanna welcome you. We're talking with Kevin Peterson, who is the author of Chronic Hope, Parenting the Addicted Child. Uh, He's an author, a therapist, and a consultant for families who literally wrote the book on 
helping parents parent the addicted child and heal the family unit. And we're just having a great conversation about the different family unit and how they sort of act and react when addiction is the family. Now let's talk, Kev. Kids, we, t- we just talked about kids' roles, the fighter, the flight, the freeze, the flirt, the caretaker. L- let's talk about what coping mechanisms these kids are using in their life because of this stuff. So, so oftentimes what people, what, what people on the other side of, of our industry don't know is that, that mental health is a big driver to addiction, that all these things you're talking about, these fighters, these fighters, these caretakers, these are, these are mentally challenging things that are a train on your kids. And how are they coping with the stress that they're going through? Absolutely. And you know, what, I mean, there's clinically, we call it maladaptive behaviors. And so as a child, when these things come upon you, you know, or I mean, even as a young adult or an adult, um, you know, what you're looking for is something to make you feel better. And so we're talking about drugs. We're talking about alcohol. We're talking about becoming perfect at school and getting accolades at school. We're talking about finding relationships at early ages and having intimate sexual relationships or clinging to a boyfriend girlfriend relationship. And a lot of times, by the way, that 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 desire for that uh, you know, attachment can also be I really want I like you, but I really like your family. So I'm I'm going to attach to you because I want to be part of this family that I think looks amazing, you know? Yeah. And, or, you know, it's, uh, it's the maladaptive behaviors like I was describing for myself. You know, I, I did drugs and alcohol. Um, I would disappear into school. I would disappear into sports. I would disappear into work so I could get my own money and not have to be part of the family and not be reliant upon them. And what that does is tears apart the connection of the family. Um, so those are kind of the classics. You know, a lot of times it's how do I make myself feel better or how do I make myself numb so I don't feel what I'm feeling? And, you know, nowadays we're talking about porn, you know, we're talking about gambling, we're talking about shopping, we're talking about high stress, high anxiety academics. Yeah, and, and my high school, by the way, Palo Alto High School, um, there's been a study going on, they have one of the highest suicide rates in the country. Um, because if kids, you know, there's this pressure to be perfect and if they're not perfect and, you know, curing cancer by the time they're 16, they're failures. And, and, and that, I mean, oh my gosh, that's just so overwhelming and so overpowering. Totally. So Kev, we really highlighted the problems. We really highlighted the family unit, the things that you see. And by the way, this is all in your book, um, Parenting the Addicted Child, Chronic Hope, uh, which is that blueprint for kind of working through this. But, you know, what are what are some solutions? So we, we've really focused on the downward spiral. We really focused on the pain. We really focused on what was going on. What are some solutions to work your way out of this? What are some solutions for a family member that's watching this right now? And it's maybe connecting with them. No, oh, yeah, you bet. And and I hope they are out there and I hope they are connecting with it and and I and I hope they I hope they listen to this part, you know, because it's it's one thing to present a problem, but you, in my world is if you don't present a solution to the problem, you're not doing your job. Um, so, okay. Obviously, as a as a as a therapist, as a licensed marriage and family therapist, I'm a big fan of family therapy. But happy families come from happy individuals. Happy individuals work on their own stuff. So that can mean individual therapy for everybody. Um, that can mean things like the Betty Ford Children's Program. 
which is currently online and free. And we can post a link to that. Uh, it's, it's a phenomenal four-day program hosted out of the office in Denver, and it's incredible. But they do a great job of helping the kids understand how to deal with what's going on in the house. So, so we're talking about family therapy, individual therapy, groups, processing groups, faith-based groups, if that's your jam, go, you know, go find that sort of solution and help in the faith-based environment. Um, obviously, I'm a huge fan of the 12-step groups, whether it's Codependence Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, Cocaine Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous. They all have sister programs of Al-Anon family groups, you know, Naranon. Uh, there's Smart Recovery. There's Families First. There's a whole bunch out there of 12-step groups that are designed to help the family. And the key component to the 12-step environment is walking into the room and realizing you're not alone. I'm not the only one fighting this battle. I'm not the only one dealing with this stuff. And, and, and that to me is so critical and it's so helpful. I'm also a big fan of meditation. Um, I'm a big fan of prayer, if that's your thing. Um, but I think you, never, um, you can never start meditating too early. And, and you know, it can, meditation can be walking down the street for five minutes with no electronics and just allowing yourself to breathe. You know, you have to be able to shed the anxiety, the frustration, the overwhelmingness, the trauma, and you have to do it in a healthy way. So now we're talking about nutrition, you know, eating well. Now we're talking about exercise. Now we're talking about meditation. And those are key components as well. Great. I mean, this is this has been a great, a great live podcast today. Um, if you or someone you know is suffering from addiction and this is just not the environment for you to ask questions, we understand. And you can always private message this page if you want to get in contact with Kevin directly to ask some questions and find out how you can get support. Because if you want to watch back to last week, uh, we had a provider on called Choice House. And the topic of last week was growing up as an addict, right? What, what Last week, what was the topic? I'm, I'm blanking on it. Uh, I, well, I, you know, that's a good question. I don't remember. But the consensus was being the addicted child like you were, and we had Jordan and Josh on, and talking about sort of the hell that you put your families through yeah. and coming through on the other side. And if you're interested in watching that content, um, you can always keep up with the content that we're sharing by visiting us um, on YouTube. I put the link in the description below, but ultimately you can visit us on YouTube, the Chronic Hope Institute, and that has all the podcasts that we've done in the past. Again, uh, we are about helping you parent the addicted child and heal your family unit at the same time. So all of our content is really derivative, derivative around getting you the support that you need, helping you understand and educate you on what's going on with your life or your loved one life. And I would really encourage you to watch last week, which is episode number five, um, which is about, you know, kids going through addiction that put their parents through a living hell. And ultimately, the, the, the thing about all three of your stories was all of your families eventually got some professional help, figured out how to get some boundaries set up. For you, it was sitting in the car with your dad and him telling you within the first five minutes to a, a multi-hour drive that they, they've had enough and they're done and they're not going to deal with it. The same with Josh and the same with Jordan. And what, what we want to highlight, it is, it is these families 
that are struggling that finally reach out to get a little bit of support. This is difficult to do alone. And when there is love and emotion wrapped up into all of this, it doesn't allow you to make great decisions. So your book takes them through two steps, which is step A and or plan A and plan B, which is creating boundaries. And if boundaries aren't followed, what's next? And we'll talk about more of those in upcoming broadcasts. Um, but Kev, any kind of final thoughts? Yeah, the one thing I wanted to get across to people is, and this is the really important part of how this all evolved for me, is we're describing what's going on in my house when I was growing up, in my clients' houses, et cetera, et cetera. But I want people to take a, a, a bigger picture look and look at the, the country today and what's going on in the country today and see if the the layout of what we're talking about, the system, you know, the the parents that are arguing and the kids that are acting out and then people making, you know, uh, you know self comforting choices with drugs, alcohol, shopping, sex, you know, gambling, work, et cetera, et cetera, trying to be perfect. And while we're watching mom and dad go to war and fight every day and then the protests and the, it's my belief that right now what's going on in our country is exactly what it's like to live in a house of addiction. And I've got a lot of my friends that are therapists in this world calling me and talking to me about this saying, you know, I don't know what it is, but I'm freaking out. I was at Costco the other day and I was ready to kill this old lady for cutting me off. And normally I'm like, yeah, whatever, I don't care. But, you know, I'm super triggered. And I'm like, well, yeah, because we're used to going to work, dealing with our clients, entering into their world, into their homes, helping them with their stuff because we've done this and we can show them the way out and then coming home and having home being a safe harbor. It's not that way anymore. Right now, everybody feels like they're under attack one way or another. And this is not a political statement. This isn't a one side or the other statement. You know, this is, if you wait, take a look at what's going on today in the country and how people are interacting with each other and how, how we're watching the TV and watching body counts and watching the kids fight and go after each other, this is going on for everyone. So the solution is the same for everyone. It's not just for families of addiction, it's for everybody. This is something that's compressing us all. And, and so what I wish or what I hope and what I want for everyone is to find their solution and find their help. And, and you know, you don't have to just be a family member of an addict. You don't have to just be an addict. You can just be someone who's just walking down the street wondering why it is I'm, on, I'm at a 12 when normally I'm at a four and I'm ready to snap. And, you know, that's what we're talking about. And so, you know, we want you to seek help. And this isn't a cry for money or, you know, come to me, you know. I want to help people get help. I don't care how what it looks like. That's the important piece is that people get help. And again, we were talking about kids and all of these emotions, but this is what you're talking about, Kev. Even adults, even adults not suffering from addiction, ultimately a lot of these things are still coming out in real life. And that's why today's topic was so important to talk about. So Kev, I want to thank you for being a part of this broadcast today, for adding the immense value and years of experience you have of parenting the addicted child and helping families heal. And I think it's it's also good to say that you're available to help families. And if they have a kid or a child or a teen or a young adult that, that is dealing with this, they can get a hold of you and you can actually work them through this entire process. And again, it's not a cry for money. When you talk to the families that have gone through this and now have their child back, all of them will say, I wish I would have done this like five years earlier. 
because they finally get the solution. They finally get the results that they weren't able to get on their own. And that's what we want for you. It's not your money. It's the fact that we want to, we want to eliminate five years of pain for you that we can, because we know we've done it with other families and we want to get you there sooner. And we're, we don't want you to struggle any more than you want to feel what you feel right now, that deep wound that never seems to heal and you just live out of it. So um, you can always find out more by visiting petersonfamilycounseling.com. And again, sending Kevin a direct message if you'd like to talk more about what's going on in your family, or even if you're concerned about a family member or a loved one, you can also open up those lines of communication right there. Um, so that has been Chronicle Podcast, Parenting the Extra Child, episode number six, Living in the House of Addiction. Kev, thanks so much for your time today and your knowledge. Hey, man. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Be safe. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye, everybody.